Dr. Roger Hodkinson is the CEO and medical director of MedMail Doctors. He received his general medical degrees from Cambridge University and became a Royal College certified general pathologist and a fellow of the College of American Pathologists. He has been recognised by the Court of Queen's Bench in Alberta as an expert in pathology. Dr. Hodkinson has pleaded to stop the madness of COVID-19 fraud and the vaccine served up to fight the pandemic. He's called out deception, big pharma, corrupt political leaders and a compliant mainstream media. Thanks so much for joining us and this has been an interview in the making. It's a pleasure to be with you again. Knowing what we know now, are the COVID-19 vaccines fit for purpose? Well, never was, let alone now. Um, what people have to appreciate is that um, this whole devastation was launched upon us on the pretext of this being a public health emergency, which it never was, never in a month of Sundays. It's nothing more than the bad seasonal flu, according to John Eondes at, at Stanford. So it, it, um, it, it's, it's a massive hoax um, to, to have touched literally everyone on earth, if not medically, financially, um, all on the basis of, of it being a public health emergency. Because if, if that were uh, removed uh, from the equation, and it was treated like an ordinary um, flu pandemic, um, we would be doing nothing other than what the Great Barrington De Declaration suggested, basically do nothing, uh, use your common sense as always, um, and uh, protect granny in the nursing home. Uh, and that was it. But with the de declaration of a public health emergency, which it sounds awfully bureaucratic and regulatory, but it's this, the central issue. Because of the, that declaration, it gave them an excuse for emergency use authorization of X, Y, and Z, um, all the mandates and particularly the, the so-called vaccine. Um, so the, the vaccine would never have been approved for its current use had there not been a public health emergency. So, not, so, so just to complete the answer to the question, uh, it, it's, it's been introduced under the most um, uh, devious scheme. Um, it, but it, more than that, it's not only not needed, it's, it's dangerous, um, given the terrible side effects that we'll talk about and the scale of those side effects, including death. Um, and it doesn't work. It's not needed. It doesn't work. And it kills you. I mean, so I hope that's the, the short answer to the question. I mean, it's so glaringly obvious. If it's so obvious, and I'm agreeing with you, but why hasn't it cut through the air at the moment? Why are we, why is the general public basically convinced at the moment that the vaccines are going to save us from a fate worse than, than, than going to hell. And in reality, it's probably one way of going to hell. You'd certainly meet the most vile man walking down there eventually. Mm. Um, Flip-flop Fauci. Um, he'll ride in everlasting hell down there. 
mm. as to how we could how how we got here. Um, First of all, a little um, disclosure. I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I take them myself, all of them. Um, the pneumococcal vaccine, for example, given my age. Um, I'm not um, a great resetter. I don't believe in... I'm not a greenie. Um, I, I don't believe in any of that. I don't believe in graphene oxide and 5G. I'm a, I'm a heavy evidence-based guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, I can smell a rat a mile away. What what happened in my opinion in this this mad, probably the maddest episode in human history? It, it wasn't an intentional release; it was an accidental release from a lab with terrible biosafety. Um, and it 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 got loose um, in Milan and then internationally. Um, Neil Ferguson got hold of it, modeled it, so-called, and projected Armageddon, which was rapidly shown to be as ridiculous as, as his previous predictions in other pandemics. But by then the die was cast and politicians backed themselves into a corner um, and did it all simultaneously. They're all now part of the herd. Um, and I, I don't think one has to look for the great resetters that take huge advantage of this, of course, as did the Democrats in the last election, Machiavellian uh, machinations, without any question, obviously. But it was an unexpected opportunity that landed in their laps that they were ready to exploit to the hilt and did so magnificently. You, you don't have to look, in my opinion, for an explanation of this any further than that old uh, philosophical concept of Occam's razor. You know, the, the simplest explanation is the most likely one. Look no further than simple political stupidity. We're talking about politics playing medicine, not being able to apologize, doubling down on something that's not worked. Look, for the lay public listening, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out. If they've been trying all these various things and repeating them for two years... Just maybe, just maybe, it doesn't work. Mm. You know, Einstein's famous statement. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the whole thing is, is so patently absurd. Um, you can never, ever get ahead of an RNA virus. They mutate all the time. Any vaccine that's developed will be for yesterday's virus. It's guaranteed to fail. And not only fail, but in this particular case, with it being new technology, is bloody dangerous. And and it's also introducing what we call evolutionary pressure, so that the longer they f fiddle around with these boosters, never, ever, ever hoping, can, they can never, ever get to zero COVID. But what they will do is create evolutionary pressure, so that we see the continual emergence of new variants scariants as i call them you know it was delta one day and now it's omicron oh and by the way the for those of your listeners who like crossword puzzles which i don't um i'm not very good at them um the anagram of omicron is moronic <laughs> i think that speaks volumes it does look what about the children though we know they're not at risk from dying or even catching covid so what do you say to people who have vaccinated themselves and believe these vaccines 
are safe for kiddies? Well, child sacrifice didn't work for the Aztecs. It didn't make the rain fall. And it won't protect granny in the nursing home. To think that we should sacrifice children to protect the elderly and the vulnerable is obscene. Because children are not at risk of getting COVID. If they do, it's trivial. And if they do, they don't spread it. That has all been put to rest very conclusively. It's the teachers' unions that just wanted to sit at home and enjoy a fat pension when it, while everyone else was hemorrhaging. So the children don't need it. Um, it's dangerous to give it to them, and it's not effective. Um, but more to the point, um, we will be sacrificing children on the altar of these new gods. And sadly, um, as I was saying earlier on, um, Napoleon, you know, uh, never stop your enemy from doing something stupid. Um, it's going to take more and more kids dying of complications of this vaccine in the short term. Huge long-term risks that are uninvestigated, but just the sheer stats of children dying or getting myocarditis, which is the kiss of death itself. Um, I hope those growing numbers will create a state of total revulsion in the general population to finally understand how they've been duped in this most monstrous program of vaccination to actually sacrifice our children to protect the vulnerable. We, we, we've never done that in, in the history of medicine, you know, vaccinate one group to protect another. You vaccinate people to protect the people vaccinated. That's mm -hmm. why we do it. Um, similarly, you, you, we've never locked down any group to protect another group. We, we've locked down the global economy to protect the vulnerable. Um, never, never shown to be effective. In fact, from first principles, you could predict the carnage that would, res would result from it. Interestingly, uh, we get a lot of emails and um, messages, not so nice when we refer to it as vaccination. And I probably would agree because it's not, it is not vaccination. It's just an injection of this substance, isn't it? Well, it, it's it's totally, totally different from usual vac vaccines. I mean, a usual vaccine has either an attenuated uh, organism, a virus, or a dead organism, so you can't get the disease from it, to create a reaction by the immune system against possible future exposure. That Those are typical vaccines. This one is utterly different. This one is, some people have called it gene therapy, and it's not a reasonable, unreasonable description. Because in, in this case, the vaccines are taking over your own body immune machinery to make the agent that the immune system reacts to. And, and the, big, the big problem is that um, as we're all different uh, in our bodily functions, and the efficiency of them. Uh, some people um, are hyper reactors to the um, messenger RNA that is instructing um, 
the body to make um, the spike protein. Mm. So it, it's it's an it's an unpredictable amount of spike protein that is produced with a standard dose of mRNA. It's an unpredictable amount of spike protein that the body produces, and some people, we believe, um, produce such a massive amount that it overflows into the general circulation. And that's when all the clots, the thromboses, start happening um, from a massive overproduction that escapes and starts attaching to blood vessels and other organs, um, creating the complications. Why are the politicians so so enthusiastic with a childhood vaccination? And why are they then blind to the risks? Well, they've backed themselves into a corner. Um, they just keep on repeating the same thing over and over again and expecting the outcome to be different. I mean, it, it's so patently absurd. Um, they're, they're running out of ways of um, pretending they can wrestle this to the ground, you know, zero COVID with all the macho compliments that go along with that. Um, they're running out of options. So what, what, what can they do next? Well, what about four booster doses or five or, you know, jab, 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 six months for the rest of your life? Mm. Um, I mean, the, the, they back themselves into that corner of having to double down on the thing that didn't work yesterday. They, they, they're just, I could use an expletive that wouldn't be appropriate. Um, <laughs> bloody stupid is an understatement. Mm. Politics playing medicine. As I said a year ago publicly and got me into trouble, um, politics playing medicine is a very dangerous game. In Australia, the narrative is that vaccination and uh, vaccination passports offer, offers uh, freedoms from uh, punishing <laughs> lockdowns, which it's another, it's, that's another conversation. But are Canadians on the whole embracing or rejecting vaccination and vaccination passports? Well, first a comment on, on vaccine passport in general. How outrageous, how, how insulting for politicians to get us into this mess playing medicine. They are responsible for getting us into this mess of vaccines and all the complications and all the complications of lockdowns that terrible effects on children for two years. And then they have the gall to say, you can only save our necks as politicians if you, stupid lot, get the get out of jail free card, the vaccine. You know, all you've got to do to get yourself out of this, to get freedom back, is to expose yourself to the risk of death from a process that we created. That's all you've got to do. That's that's so bloody infuriating, is it not? It's it's to put our lives on the line to solve a problem that they created. But to answer your question about Alberta, um, I can't speak to the actual number. It depends on the demographics, but the vast majority of the population have been double vaccinated. Um, a large number of children have been vaccinated already within simply a week of the program starting. Um, and uh, 
in certain provinces in Canada, not Alberta, uh, nurses are going into schools and lining kids up with jab, 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 with no parental involvement or consent whatsoever. We had a, a conversation before we had this conversation, which was just as interesting, but we're talking about, it's like some bad movie. And I said, oh, as a joke, but it's probably true. You know, the Hollywood writers are very angry at the moment because there's no terror or doomsday movie they can make anymore because it's all reality. Do you feel like you're living in a movie, this bad dream? Well, George Orwell is turning in his grave, isn't he? Mm. Um, <laughs> to think that actually it's coming to life um, within our lifetime. Uh, it didn't take long. We've, we've certainly not learned from history or been observant of the various regimes around the world with socialist dystopia um, being offered as a panacea. Mm. Um, that is coming to a town near you. And in fact, in Australia, it's already there. Mm. Um, Australia, uh, Austria is talking about, um, uh, no, Merkel is talking about um, mandating vaccines, like, like they'll be coming to your door with a syringe. And um, the president of the EU is talking about um, changing, uh, eliminating the Nuremberg Code. Well, I wonder why. Mm -hmm. Because they're responsible for the terrible things that are happening. How, how nice it would be to simply rewrite the code. Yes. <laughs> In Brisbane, uh, Roger, the, um, yesterday it was on the news, which the media was saying that if you don't get the vaccine, you're a mindless cretin anyway. But the, the, yeah. there's a hospital there that uh, this girl, 23-year-old girl, required, and I presume it's a life-saving operation, required a kidney transplant. They were not going to do it until she got the double vax. Now, Justine, uh, Justin, it should be Justine, but Justin Trudeau, like many leaders, and by the way, Justin Trudeau, they've got a new movie coming out. It's a solo version of Dumb and Dumber. Anyway, like many leaders, they're openly threatening the withdrawal of services from unvaccinated, the unclean people. Has this, happened, even, has this happened in Canada? Even food. Mm. Um, you know, how you're going to have to get someone to bring it to your door. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's unreal how, how they're discriminating. That that idea of denying people transplants is, is widespread um, if they've not been vaxxed. To, to which I say, that's not what medicine's all about. No. When, when someone's wheeled into the emergency department after a motor vehicle accident and they've got a leg falling off, you don't say, well, were you wearing a seatbelt or not as to a left or right division of treatment, you know? Um, it's a bit like, um, you know, the way they separated people going into concentration camps. You know, we, we don't do that. We don't do that in medicine. We take addicts that come in that have lived a terrible lifestyle and we do our best to treat them. We take all comers in medicine, all comers. We don't discriminate according to the prejudices of the ruling class. Um, it, it's despicable to deny someone a life-saving treatment simply because they've taken, in my opinion, a very logical and appropriate 
decision not to be vaccinated. These these decisions will come back to haunt the individuals responsible. Mm. Just, you know, uh, when I was a medical student in London years ago, uh, renal uh, dialysis units were just becoming available, and they were very expensive, and they, they weren't there weren't enough of them. And you got on the list to be treated with renal dialysis. This is before transplants, of course. Mm you got on the list depending upon what the committee thought was your contribution to society. That's a little bit like the social credit system in China, isn't it? Mm. I think the, um, in China, though, if you don't measure up, I think the consequences are a little more severe than in other parts of, of the world. But, you know, look at Germany, Austria, Australia, um, look at Canada. Uh, we are catching up fairly quickly. Now, you said before you don't believe there are any coordinated planning amongst other countries to achieve a reset. But what no. about the, the vaccine passport? I mean, this is really a way they could introduce dracod more draconian measures, more, you know, sure. almost, almost, the, almost the conspiracy coming, coming to, to fruition. Sure. And uh, so sure. do you think maybe that the vaccine passport would uh, be the, the door to open uh, digital currency, uh, digital IDs, control from oh, governments. And look at Trudeau. I mean, he is truly a, um, he's a bad boy. Absolutely. Trudeau, you said, did you? Yes. You, you mean, you mean Turdo the Younger? <laughs> That's is that actually... what you're referring to? Mr. Fancy Socks? He's Boy Blunder, uh, is that who we're talking about? Um, the guy who has a remarkable similarity to Fidel Castro. Mm. Yes. Yeah. Was that Fidel or, fe or Fetal Castro? I'm not too sure. <laughs> yeah, what, a, what an idiot. Nothing. You know, if you look down one ear, you could see through to the other. Um, now, sorry, my producer's just in my ear saying, Please don't insult idiots that way. I mean, you know, <laughs> there is some hope. But do you think there's a hope for, for us? Do you think um, well, I was talking to Piers Robinson a while back and, he, and I said to him first time, he said, no, I think that light at the tunnel uh, um, is, is the train, but it won't reach us. The next conversation, he said, I'm hoping that that train will be derailed before it reaches us. Do you think we've gone over that line, you know, that that magical, mystical red line that we've gone over it and there it's going to be very hard to come back. Thank God there are still things called elections. Mm. I, I would hope that um, after the autopsy has, has been written on COVID for the lay public to understand how they've been duped from the get-go, I would hope that COVID has retrospectively will have been a very fortunate event to wake people up about how they're being misled um, and manipulated by politicians internationally it, it it needs a great reset of a different type a great reset of the awareness of individuals about wokeism in action and how it's destroying the very fabric of democracy. Mm. That could be, could be 
a very positive outcome of COVID um, if it sensitizes people to that degree because that autopsy analysis will be written in lay language and I think it will especially when we start tallying up the number of children killed murdered is a better description mm -hmm. um, that will sensitize the general population I, I would hope to a, a reorganization of politics in whatever country that you're in um, there needs to be a different way of doing things. The people need to take back control. And it, it's being, it's like, you know, the death of a thousand cuts in ancient China. You know, they, they just keep on peeling away another freedom here and a freedom there. And before you know where you are, you've got nothing. Well, maybe this attack on freedom is sufficient to wake people up as to just how much they've lost um, over the years um, because of this um, cult that's now got a name it never had a name they were flying under the radar mm. but it was the it was the you know the socialists junior faculty and universities that really really has been the problem in Western society um, cultivating wokeism in, a, in successive generations of students that have now got their water bottle and their Netflix and their iPhone and life is peachy, thank you very much. The state's <laughs> going to look after me from cradle to grave and I believe everything that they say and and COVID is a terrible thing that they're doing all the right things about and uh, why are you complaining? Well, there needs to be a great reawakening and maybe COVID is going to be the impetus for that. I think scary times ahead. Um, Instead of the water bottle, I do like Netflix at times, but instead of the water bottle, I'll have a fairly cheap bottle of whiskey. And I will think, especially after the third glass, that things are really peachy. Uh, Dr. <laughs> Dr. Hodgkinson, thank you very much for your time. Appreciate it immensely. My pleasure. It's been a great experience again. We'll have to do it again. <laughs> thank you. Millions are demonstrating every week around the globe against tyrannical policies of vaccine mandates vaccine passports and other punitive and cruel measures in the name of public health. While many of us are aware that our governments are not acting in our interest, we remain unsure of their ultimate objective and just how far they'll go to enforce change. Rick Munn describes himself as a concerned citizen with experience in humanitarian work in East Africa in prison ministry and post-conflict restoration. Rick's view is that we'll see upheaval in many countries in the next 12 months, and we should be, as he would say, prepared. Rick, thanks very much for joining us. And did I do the Irish accent well? Uh, yeah, you're, you're getting better, Mike. You're getting better. Thank you very much. Look, given what we've seen in many countries, what do you expect will happen in the next 12 months? Well, looking at the way things are going versus what they were at last year, you know, there's a trajectory, I think, that we're on at the moment. And it's not looking particularly good in that the protests that we're seeing across the world are certainly growing in size. Uh, they're growing in frequency. Uh, and the police responses 
to these protests are becoming progressively more aggressive, uh, especially with what we're seeing, you know, some of the demonstrations that we're seeing in, in, in Victoria, for example, uh, the Melbourne or the Victorian police are uh, very heavy-handed in the way that they've been dealing with uh, peaceful protests. Uh, and I think as vaccine mandates are implemented and people begin to lose their jobs, uh, their ability to earn money, their ability to support their families, and they have maybe a lifetime's worth of experience taken away from them because of a refusal to accept to yield bodily autonomy for the sake of just simply keeping their job, I think the tensions will continue to rise and I think that you'll see these protests becoming more violent um, just simply because people are becoming progressively more worn down, more despondent, more angry at the way that they're being treated and the way that their freedoms are being eroded and that usually will result in yeah, uh, violence, unfortunately, I can see it going that way. Yeah, it's interesting, the, uh, the demonstrations. Uh, first of all, they were rat bags, and then, then uh, the media sort of touched on it a little bit. And now they basically simply ignore it or give this false, false information, like it might be 10,000 people at a demonstration, and they'll say there's only um, you know, a couple of hundred. Um, yep. All over the world they're happening. They are huge. Uh, but do you think governments will take much notice of this or do you think the government government machine for example this big machine whether it's in australia uh, england new zealand whether it's in uh, europe uh, the us it sort of will just in my opinion it would just roll over the uh, the demonstrators because the media and and uh, big pharma and uh, the health departments and such are really just not interested in telling the people the truth and therefore it sort of just becomes uh, non non uh, uh, becomes irrelevant, basically. They become irrelevant and uh, life just goes on according to the, the current narrative. There's no way that the governments are not aware that these protests are taking place. I mean, they simply can't be ignored. However, they're not paying them any attention mm. in that they're being buried, as you say, by the mainstream media. They're only being covered to the extent that they're happening by independent media outlets or individuals that are at these protests who are then posting on social media what is actually going on. And it's despite the fact that more and more people are attending, and despite the fact that more and more people are becoming aware that they're happening, they're not affecting change in that. You know, the, 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 the vaccination program is rolling on with momentum whether or not the amount of people that have actually been vaccinated is true or not, according to government statistics, only the government knows that. But the fact of the matter is that the mandates are still being rolled out, the vaccine passports are still being rolled out, and it's now translating into job losses. So there are people across the world, especially in the care industry, that have now lost their jobs because they've refused to be vaccinated. They're talking about rolling it out in uh, the UK to the NHS frontline staff from next year, although that's been met with uh, uh, court action that's effectively put the brakes on that for now. But within America, for example, you know, there are policemen, there are firefighters, there are paramedics, there are care workers that have all actually either resigned or lost their jobs as a result of this. Uh, and, it, it, you know, the, traje the trajectory does not look good right now. Uh, so, you know, the mm. protests as they're happening at the moment are certainly raising awareness of the issues. 
but it's not translating into any kind of brakes being applied to the, the juggernaut that is running amok across the world right now. Yeah, I sort of think that I look at these protests every weekend and uh, government, the, uh, the politicians, the independent politicians supporting government to get bills through, it's just rolling on. It's not going to stop. And, uh, and look at the US, um, uh, except yep. for Fox and maybe, um, maybe Blaze, Blaze Media, uh, the rest of them are just, they're just either going to underreport it or not report it. And uh, I sort of got this feeling that, you know, you could protest or the cows come home, but at the end of the day, it's like, well, so what? We're going to just do what we want to do, and uh, which is really scary. And you say that we should prepare. What do you mean by that? Because you say people should prepare themselves. Is that well, you know, stocking up with food or uh, having a pitchfork out in front of the house or what? Well, ideally, ideally both would be good. You know, if you can get something more substantial than a pitchfork, it, it may well come in handy in the in the in the months that lie ahead. Mm. Um, you know, I, there's there's a war being waged on us mentally. It doesn't matter who you are or where you live. The the world's governments are waging war on their people on a mental level. Okay, they've been breaking them down now for the last twenty months, pushing up to two years. People get fatigued. People are now cracking and caving in to the coercion and the propaganda that is being pumped out there relentlessly by the world's governments. So people that six months ago or one year ago would have been adamantly against, for example, taking a vaccine to, to work or to live or participate in society, they're now relenting under the pressure, not because they're weak people, not because they're bad people, but it's just the pressure is relentless and everyone has different levels of tolerance to the pressure that's being applied to them. The man that has five kids to feed that has been told if you don't take a, an injection, you won't be able to work and earn and feed your family. That guy's under immense immense pressure compared to, for example, a single person with no dependents and no debts or no overheads that maybe has better employment opportunities elsewhere or simply doesn't need to earn the same level of money to make ends meet. So there's a spectrum of people out there but irrespective of where you are in that spectrum, just understand that the government is not out for your best interests, which has been evidenced in the way that they've treated people over the last 20 months with lockdowns, with decimation of businesses, with people's mental health being destroyed. People are being denied treatment now, uh, depending on their vaccination status. They're being terrified and coerced into taking medical procedures that they don't want to take, but maybe are taking them simply because they don't believe there's a future out there without um, giving in to what the government are demanding. So in terms of preparation, certainly if there are supply chain uh, breakages, which I believe there will be over the next three to six months, there will be food shortages. There could be power outages. There will be times whereby people are just simply reaching breaking point and you've got to work on your own mental fortitude through time away from the internet, getting exercise, getting fresh air, getting vitamin D into your body naturally, and spending time with like-minded individuals and not being poisoned by the constant bombardment of negative propaganda that's being thrown at us from every direction by the world's media. Yeah, I was listening to uh, Fox uh, the other day, and um, you know, obviously under the Murdoch spell now, and uh, they had this uh, little segment, and... Um, the uh, the narrator said, yes, we're actually going to um, 
uh, we're rolling out the vaccines for five years old, five year old kitties. And uh, they had this woman saying, I'm so happy. I'm so happy that my child is going to get the vaccine and five yeah. years. Now, how sick is that? I mean, it's really, really sick. I mean, first of all, the child is now committed once they get the vaccine and they had no say in it and no one knows what's yeah. going to happen to them in a couple of years' time. Uh, no one's going to know. Well, we, there already is emerging evidence that the reproductive organs such as the testes, ovaries and also the placenta will be compromised because of the vaccines. But for ever, every six months, they're going to have to take this shot. And uh, yep. it's not doing us any good. It's doing big pharma a lot of good. Now, many people, though, are now vaccinated. They have their children vaccinated because oh, it makes me feel great. If many yep. fall ill, what support can they expect? Because vaccine injuries are receiving basically zip, no acknowledgement. Well, the, from day one, uh, it's been made clear that there is no responsibility or liability that will fall on the pharmaceutical companies that are providing these products. So you don't have any direct recourse to the provider of the vaccine of which you have been injected, whether that be Pfizer, Moderna, AstraZeneca, Johnson & Johnson, or whatever. There is no recourse back to them. In terms of PR, the government has said, okay, there will be compensation schemes established depending on which country you're in, okay, but it will be capped at a certain amount of money. I'm actually trying to prove to the government that your injuries were as a direct result of the vaccine will be nigh on impossible. So you can't get a recompense from the, the pharmaceutical companies and to try and get a recompense from the government in the country of which you received the vaccine will be nigh on impossible. So you're on your own. All the promises, it's safe, it's one in a million adverse reactions. That's all fine and well before anyone takes a shot. But unfortunately, people are being left devastated, physically devastated, emotionally devastated and financially devastated as a result of these. This misinformation is being pumped out there that these shots are safe and effective and proven of which they are none of the above. If governments are the cause, how do we prevent systems collapsing, maybe the health system, the financial system and the entire economy? Well, we won't. It's quite simply, we won't. If you wanted to, if the government was serious about relieving stress on, for example, in the UK, the, the NHS, the National Health Service, the National Health Service has been mismanaged for decades. It has been underfunded for decades. If there's a crisis happening in the NHS at the moment, for example, it's simply as a result of government mismanagement. It's nothing to do with a pandemic or an increased stress because of sick people. And if they were genuine about health being their priority during the whole pandemic, the so-called pandemic, there should have been a drive to make people aware, OK, you need to get physically fit. You need to be strong that you can fight any virus that comes into your body. Gyms would not have been closed. McDonald's would have been shut down. People would not be given donuts as an incentive to go and get a vaccine. The message that they're pumping out is completely contrary to what is the reality in that the, the, the problem is being created, maintained by them. And in terms of economic systems, national health, health provision systems, they're trying to move to a cashless society. I mean, the world is moving slowly, slowly towards a cashless society. But the acceleration of that happening is picking up 
week on week. And what they want to do is they want to bring in a completely cashless society. They want to bring in a digital economy for control purposes. So in terms of saving the economy, there's nothing we can do about that. They will attempt to collapse it and rebuild it, or as they say in their new world order speak, to build it back better, which basically means they'll seize control of just about everything and they'll control everything that you can do and every asset that you ever owned. Mm. Maybe that's assuming that you can hang on to it. Now, if somebody wants to find out more about your mobile studio or what you're about, uh, how would they do that? Um, I mean, obviously, it's no risk, no reward. That's about it at the moment. What about uh, other means? What about um, uh, all the other new trendy ways of contacting? The only thing I'm operating at the moment is the Twitter channel, which is no risk, no reward. And also I have a Telegram channel, which I think is called Black Horse Rider. Don't ask why there's there's a long and deep meaning behind that. Well, but we you, can search, you can search me up either on Black Horse Rider on Telegram or no risk, no reward on Twitter. That's where I'm most active at present. Rick Munn uh, from Belfast uh, and mainly from a car park. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. Thank you, Mike.